Hi, welcome to Seeing God. This is a special episode that we are releasing just a day after the last one so that you can hear the rest of Anna and Eric's recent experience with the coronavirus. Last time, my sister, Anna, told us about her 16 days alone in her bedroom while she was sick. This time, her husband, Eric, tells us about what was going on in the rest of the house with him and their four kids. Here's a preview. Lots of dishes, but also some character lessons, and we even get to hear about one of Eric's experiences in Afghanistan during one of his deployments. And since the whole point of this podcast is to learn more about what God is doing, Eric tells us what God was telling him and how God showed himself during this time. This is a podcast that tells stories about what God is doing right now in the world. We focus on what is happening with, in, or through Christians. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you from your enemies. I'm your host, Emma Moore. Our interviewer is Jan Gebert. Let's get started. Well, today in our studio, we have, it's actually not in our studio because we're on Zoom because of the COVID uh, pandemic, but today we have Eric Kober. We heard in the episode before from his wife, Anna Kober, and so now we're going to hear about what life was like for her husband on the other side of the door. So Eric, could you just share a little bit of what it was like for you? How did it all start? Well, Jen, um, it it was really, um, from the beginning, it was God's hand throughout, uh, because I'm, you know, just for a little context, um, I am involved in some small business, uh, ventures on this side, which required me to, you know, be interacting with employees every day down in, in, um, a small town here in New Jersey. And, um, Anna, we had decided uh, several months ahead that um, there were a couple conferences that she might like to go to. Um, one was a homeschooling conference, and she was going to go with one of her gr- girlfriends uh, from our army time. Oh, that, heads up. I just do no, want to tell sorry. our our uh, you know I want to tell our audience that um, Eric is actually retired after 23 years in the army. Retired as lieutenant colonel. I think you had five deployments. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. And you started out as an Apache helicopter pilot, and mm-hmm. you did everything from uh, managed logit- logistics for what? A, a, a how big? A battalion or what? Uh, so I, I commanded everything from uh, the platoon level, uh, which is, you know, somewhat of 30, 30 odd folks um, mm-hmm. and eight heli- uh, four helicopters there. Company level with eight helicopters and then at the battalion level, which was... Um, at the 18th Airborne Corps. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. God gave us a lot of really neat experiences. Uh, Anna was along for about half of that ride. So 2007, uh, we got married. And so, and from that experience, we had met this couple, the Bursmas in Fort Leavenworth Mm -hmm. when we were at school there. And so Angela, who uh, Anna grew close to in that time, I actually was deployed for part of that time. And she remained there at Fort Leavenworth for the seven months I was deployed. Um, And she and Angela grew very close. 
obviously the way the army works, families part ways um, every three or four years. So we were very fortunate to have additional time with them at Fort Bragg when we were stationed there. But all that being said, they decided, hey, we need to have a little reunion. And how about we do this homeschooling conference in uh, Fort Worth, Texas? And it just so happened to be um, the weekend of, I believe it was about the 14th or 15th of March. It was a little um, before that, I think. Yeah. 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 Or maybe it was the 12th that she departed because, uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. they went. And from that point, it was a clean break that I had not seen anybody at work. And so I was with the kids. I have four children. My oldest is Sophia, who's nine. Our, our youngest is 22 months, and, and that's uh, little Lottie. And then uh, William is four, um, highly energetic little man. And, uh, and then uh, Haley is our second oldest, and she is um, uh, seven. And so... I took care of the four kids while they went to the conference. So you kindly signed up for daddy duty. I did and thought it was only going to last, you know, last three days. <laughs> Maybe it was four. I don't know. But I was, you know, I did the math and I was like, I think I and the children can both survive that event without, you know, too much problem. So Anna and yes. got home and yep. walked in the door and what happened? Yeah. So she walked in Sunday. She returned Sunday. Um, had was complaining of uh, kind of a headache and a sore throat. Uh, everybody was happy to see her. So, I mean, we really kind of initially thought nothing of it. Let's kind of see where it goes because it's cold season because there's tons of things out there. The flu is running. Uh, weather's getting nicer. So it's pollen season. Who knows, right? Um, it, it could not be COVID-19 like that, you know, but – I think in the back of all our heads, we were like, but maybe it is. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Let's treat it. So we acted fairly normal that night, went to bed. Um, you know, obviously, like married couple, we slept in the same bed Sunday night together and thought nothing of it. Woke up Monday morning and was kind of like, okay, you know, something is uh, different here going on. You know, I think we need to really um, actually go beyond even quarantining just us as a family. Cause I think that's what we initially thought Sunday. We'll just keep ourselves isolated. Um, and at that point we actually isolated Anna, um, in the bedroom, you know, master bedroom with a, a bathroom and everything was there. Um, and I, and the kids, um, I slept downstairs from that point forward. So Monday through, um, really our reintegration, Day was last week, Wednesday, I think, if I remember correctly. So Anna shared with us, you know, how you went about bringing her meals and, you know, doing the laundry and all mm. that. But what was it like for you when you realized, oh, my word, my wife has COVID? Um, honestly, the my default by nature is to go to action. Um, it's just the army guy in me, like, okay you know, kind of coming up, let's figure out the plan. Um, I was trying to figure out, you know, balancing the kids and figuring out their schedule. Cause I really had no idea other than three days really of a little bit of immersive. And even that was a bit of an economy of force, but I totally treated it like this is a deployment, another deployment. I retired from the army yet I'm deploying again. And this time it's in my own home. Um, 
But the thankful thing in that is number one, um, God was there the entire, the entire way. Um, and I had this great four stack fire team of children with me that to be honest, I could take that as, as the problem, or I could take that as the blessing. And it, and it was like the time we spent, um, was just awesome. Um, were there hard times? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, children are children. So, but in that time, you know, God was really faithful. Um, I was reminded each and every day that, that my default to action actually needs to start with a default of prayer and, and actually just coming to God with my needs. Um, not, coming up with the plan myself first and then, and then going to him after the plan fails or, you know, it didn't go quite, quite as expected, you know, at the end of the day. So um, yeah, it was really, you know, I, I, I've been drawn looking um, throughout and just reflecting back on that. And I found myself in Luke 11 where Jesus, right after he taught the disciples how to pray after he'd gone to pray and, and, they asked him to teach that. Um, he talks about this idea of asking, seeking, and knocking, and this this deliberate method about which you are to approach God. And and I I have felt every time I've been in a place just like this, um, that I've been constantly reminded of that. You know, the idea that if you ask it'll be given. If you seek, you'll find it. And if you knock, the door will be opened. All of those are progressively active things, but they start and end in, in literally a heart of prayer. And, and that um, really is what got us through even this time, you know, 16 or 17 days. Um, it was just really a really powerful reminder uh, throughout and it has so, been in the past too. Yeah. You know, Eric, you're talking like, okay, you know, I just went into deployment mode and, you know, then I prayed about it and God met me and it was mm-hmm. good. Um, and, and we know you're on the side of it now. Yeah. But I'm wondering, could you, there were some times in there where it wasn't so good. What was that were, like? What, what was going on? What were you, you know, what were the hard things? You know, the hardest things are sometimes just the smallest things like meal preparation, uh, getting from breakfast to lunch to dinner, what's in between. And it's, you know, you're laughing, you're laughing, you know, the laugh. I know, because, (laughs) because you totally get it with, you know, raising five girls. um, I absolutely have a newfound respect and I had respect to begin with, but just a newfound depth of respect for what Anna did on a day-to-day. Um, and on top of that, I was just in like survival mode, not even thriving to the point of being able to homeschool the way she does. Like it was literally just how do we make it through this week, this day, <laughs> this period of morning, afternoon, or evening, you know, without losing our temper, without um, blown up without, um, you know, really 
not being our best. And so it's a kind of, it's a constant struggle every day, every moment mm-hmm. to just take that captive and think like, okay, there's two ways I can respond with, with this. I can blow up and, and that gets me nowhere other than like more upset, or I can just rest in this for a minute and laugh about it, you know, um, get to know my children even more intimately than I do. Mm. Um, and understand like, and make the most of that moment. Um, and that's hard. Cause you, you know, especially when you're going from thing to thing, like your focus is constantly, how do I get to the next thing? And then on top of that, to think about how I integrate to make sure that priority number one was getting Anna, you know, meals and drinks and everything she needed to, to get better. Um, and to have what she needed was really a huge juggling act. Um, and looking back, I, I don't know how I did it, you know, just like every deployment I ever went on. I, I don't know how I did it mm-hmm. other than by God's good graces. I have to interject here. You yeah. did it with flair. Occasionally I would receive a picture of the meal that you brought to Anna <laughs> with fruit fanned out on the plate. You were awesome. You did an amazing <laughs> job. And also here, I think we need to tell our listeners that it wasn't just daytime. It went all through the night with children and Anna, day yeah. and night, day and night. Was there ever a point where you were scared? Um, I would say probably towards the middle of the first week or that weekend, um, you know, Anna's conditions were worsening. Um, she was having a lot of, I, I wouldn't say respiratory distress, but I mean, it was kind of borderline. She had a, she had a fever for a, a couple of days. Um, and, you know, we certainly don't live in a box. So I've done the research. I was looking to see like what, you know, what are the further signs and symptoms that I need to be concerned about, especially when we knew she was COVID-19 positive. Um, and thankfully we got the test like that even was God's timing. Cause you know, if you had tried a week later, we would not have known, we would not have been able to get a test until she was in some kind of respiratory distress. But, um, I think in that point I was, um, a little bit scared. Um, but I, I've through that period, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say it was, um, a level to call it scared. I mean, I think I was concerned mm-hmm. and um, just through, through God's constant hand on my shoulder through those two weeks. Um, I don't think I was ever truly scared. Um, I think I would have been the, the nature in me would have been scared and, but um yeah, how how it came in the end, looking back, there wasn't a time when I was really scared. Uh-huh. And I've been really scared. I can, you know, so to see the the difference um really had to do, I think, with with my own personal walk with God. Mm-hmm. Because the time the times when I've been to that level of fear have been the times when I wasn't walking closely with him the times when I felt he was distant and really the reason for his distance wasn't him, but me. Um, So 
in that I just found just great comfort in, in the trial and tribulation. And, and that has been, I mean, that has literally been the golden thread through the tapestry of my life. And I know we've only got, you know, a short time, so I won't get too deep into, you know, the rest of the story for that thread, but um, this most near instance, God's faithfulness has just rung through, you know, it's okay. Is there something you um, want to tell us about that thread? Um, well, it's just, it's a long thread. And as I look back, you know, in my childhood, I mean, there was a point of rebellion in my life. There's a point of me pushing God away. There was a point of hardening my heart. Uh, there's a point in living uh, not only in the world, but of the world and constantly questioning until, and I always like to say that like God works in toothpicks and two by fours, and sometimes he uses both. And, um, and there was, you know, that place in uh, Afghanistan in 2002 when he did just that and, um, and showed himself more clearly than he had ever shown himself to me. Um, you know, my, my life Psalm is from that, that instance. Um, it's Psalm 116. And it says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. And it goes on. David just proclaims um, exactly what I felt and what I saw in in that instance in Afghanistan. What was that instance? Um, we were called on a quick reaction force mission in an Apache, um, ultimately to provide medical uh, evacuation support to an 82nd soldier that was critically wounded. The weather, you couldn't see. Um, we had a huge dust storm, so it was what we call zero zero. There was the ceiling was at the ground and the visibility was, I mean, you couldn't see past the front of the helicopter. Um, the systems we had on board, we could see a little better through with the thermals. So, uh, that day the medevac helicopter said, Hey, um, we can, we can fly off your anti-collision lights. If you guys are willing to fly lead and get us there. Um, and that day I honestly thought, uh, I thought we were going to die and and so I doubled down um, and I, I prayed to God. I said, God, uh, if you bring, bring me back from this, um, We'll have that talk that you've been wanting to have. 
for a long time. And we did. Um, <laughs> we, we had it out. Um, there was a lot between that talk and the whole flight, but um, we did return. God brought us back safely, um, brought that soldier back safely. Um, and, uh, you know, to God be the glory for all that. And, and that was a huge turning point in my life for recognizing God's faithfulness. Um, even when, when we walk away from the path that he has for us, he continues to walk that path. You're saying he was faithful. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting, Eric, because when I interviewed Anna, she talked about God's faithful love, his loving kindness that, it, you know, it's faithful. And that's what you're talking about, too. So that same way that God showed himself to you back then. Yep. And you're saying, is your, are you saying that's the way you've seen him now in this present? Yep, situation? absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. His faithfulness has been, has been true through and through. It looked different in this time, mm-hmm. but exactly the same. And, you know, and I think that was um, really just reflecting back as we had a little bit of breath to think about it, you know, that that's what I have felt just about this whole thing. Cause in the time of doing it, it really just seemed like, you know, that constant check where as a little boy or girl, you look up to see if your mom and dad are there. But otherwise, you just keep walking. And, you know, when the, when the going gets rough, that's when you might look up a little more occasionally. And, you know, when it comes to God, you might pray a little more diligently. And, you know, that, that's really the way, um, the way the past couple of weeks had been. And it was a blessing to see the kids, too, like really – respond to that and be encouraged and be be faithful themselves in like what we were doing or how we were doing it to understand that you know there was a bigger reason to all this um and that we had to be we had to be cooperative in it because you know that would ultimately help mommy to get better and so each day we did um we were doing a different aspect of character would be our focus for the day. And I had them like, they had to write down three little things that they did that day that were good. So it might be patience or kindness or, you know, and then they also had to write down, you know, a counter to that. Like if it was obedience, disobedience, like what was the time? And the, you know, so, and then the next day they always wanted to share at the end of the day, what they had learned. I said, no, you can't like, we'll talk about it in the morning. Cause I want you to think about it. And it was neat to even see in that little opportunity to, you know, that was my attempt at just doing something that could kind of further occupy them and keep them focused on something good because I had no capacity to do homeschool per se. But that really showed itself as a neat learning experience with the kids. And God was even in that each day. Like I saw them grow and like even even in the day that patience wasn't the focus 
they would still like two or three days later be like attempting to be patient about something. You know, you'd see the little wheels turning and the smoke and um, yeah. So it was, it was neat. And, and that's a lot of what was going on on the other side of the door. So well, how about in your marriage, you know, in the way you, and yeah, we definitely grew stronger out of it. Um, we did go in deployment mode and I don't think um, because we've been through that, I think it was, we took, a lot of that just for granted. Like we knew we could deal with being separated for a period of time. You know, it was kind of like riding a bike. Like, you know, how to, how you need to communicate when you're apart. And, and that just became like the new normal. Like we would FaceTime at night before Anna went to bed and just to have that daily communication and be there for one another. And then, um, you know, reintegration was, was really cool. I mean, like she just came down at the end of, you know, literally she spent the whole day like sterilizing the room, doing everything in the bathroom. And then at the end of that day, she just came downstairs um, nonchalantly and, you know, we just all hugged and um, yeah, it was really, it was really powerful. And yeah, I, I think, I don't think even at this point we fully, uh, comprehend like what has come out of this, even in our marriage because of the strength from it, the, the challenge and adversity, but we definitely came out the other side stronger and better for what we had just been through. And yeah, like you said, it's really cool too, how God, you know, God was speaking to Anna on one side of the door and me on the other side of the door and may have been saying different things, but equally bringing us to the same place and seeing, seeing him as one and then him seeing us as one, regardless of whether there was that physical barrier, which was really, you know, really cool. Um, we were still able to be there for each other though. I held my breath when I walked in the room (laughs) off, and, and I wore gloves to, you know, take the plates out. And so we did deal with that very, I mean, very um, aggressively because, and I think, I mean, I don't know, you know, three of the four kids did have some level of like illness, kind of a cold thing, but coming out of it, I I don't know that any of us actually got the COVID Mm -hmm. virus. So um, now there's a lot of, you know, who knows? And we didn't get tested. So we just maintained good quarantine for, actually above and beyond where we needed to just to make sure that everybody was safe. But um, yeah, I just want to applaud you, um, you know, having been a spectator, first of all, the way that you took care of your family and Anna. And um, but secondly, the way that you were really scrupulous in not exposing anybody in within your households and outside of your household, you have been, really an an incredible example of taking COVID seriously and managing it, not taking it too seriously, not letting it defeat you, not letting it discourage you. You kept on going, but you, you have followed the guidelines and more that you went above and beyond. And um, Mm -hmm. it's been a real example. Eric, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for being our son-in-law too. And uh, we love you and Anna. Thanks, Mom. 
That wraps up Eric's part of the story. To hear other episodes, including Anna's side of the story, you can go to our website at www.seeinggodpodcast.wordpress.com and click Find the Podcast. Or you can search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Spotify, and follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes. The Bible passages that Eric mentioned will be on the episodes page of our website. Psalm 107 verse 43 says about stories like this, Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. If you have a story you'd like to share, or you know of someone who does, please go to our website at www.seeinggodpodcast.wordpress.com and click on Submit a Story. God is doing things all over in all of His people, and we want to know about as many stories as possible. So please do go to the website and submit a story. Also, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or the podcast in general. You can tweet us at GodSeeing or comment on our Instagram or Facebook pages at Seeing God Podcast. You can also email us at seeinggodpodcast at gmail.com. This episode was produced in the studios at Lancaster Bible College. I'm Emma Moore. Our interviewer is Jan Gebert. Our engineer is George Haynes. And our show music is Siberia by Dmitry Lukyanov. Thanks for listening to this episode of Seeing God. Seeing God.